Dunks and Dimes is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. And the thing I like about this app is, you know, I have it set for Seattle, out where I live, and... Uh, I bring it up and, you know, whatever the latest Seahawks game is is going on, uh, there's a bunch of tickets being offered there. And you can see the view from your seats right on that top page of the app. Uh, and so if one interests you, click in. Really easy to kind of uh, work through the app. It's great for also, uh, you know, concerts as well. I Like I said, I have it set on Seattle and there's lots of concerts I didn't even know about when I click on the music uh, see a bunch of bands. Um, sometimes I didn't realize they were in town. So uh, it's great to keep up on that as well. Like I said, it's very easy to click through and, and get tickets there. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Dunks and Dimes Fantasy Hoops Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Funston, and joined as always by Mr. Eric Wong, aka Roto Evil. Uh, you can follow Eric at Roto Evil uh, on Twitter. You can also go to his website, rotoevil.com. I suggest you do that, especially before the NBA draft season. His NBA draft guide is fantastic. And it's a reason why we at The Athletic wanted him to come join our team. We're very happy he did. He's been giving us Fantasy Hoops content since the, the preseason and now into the season. You can check out Eric's stuff at The Athletic. And if you'd like a subscription to The Athletic uh, for 40% off, go to theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. A, a subscription will also get you uh, the ability to check out our NBA podcast, including no dunks, back-to-back, hoops adjacent with David Aldridge, and the Daily Ding. We also have a lot of uh, team-specific NBA podcasts to check out as well. So uh, definitely take advantage of that. And with that, we will get into the uh, nitty-gritty of this week's podcast discussion. Uh, this past week, Eric put out a column for us, which was called Category Helpers. It basically went through all the different categories in fantasy basketball, um, and Eric highlighted a bunch of guys that are readily available in fantasy leagues that might be able to come in and give you some instant help in those categories. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, uh, I want to talk about the debut of Paul George last night. Uh, we're taping here on a Friday. So Paul George debuted, uh, made his Clippers debut last night, Thursday night, putting up 33 points in 24 minutes. It was the first time a, a player with his new team has scored over 30 points in under 25 minutes. So, uh, Eric, let's talk about Paul George. First of all, how you doing? I'm doing well, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Did you get a chance to watch uh, Paul George at all last night or follow what was going on with him? Well, yeah, I just checked out the highlights, and um, he looked fantastic. I mean, uh, he was scoring effortlessly. Uh, I, I kind of liked how they uh, – had his first game back with with no Kawhi Leonard, kind of were were able to make him their featured score, and he uh, gives the Clippers offense just a a new dynamic. It's it's going to be such a 
tougher uh, tougher offense to guard. Um, I don't know if you caught that Clippers Raptors game on Monday. It was a defensive battle. I thought it was one of the the most intense games that I've seen all season. Uh, but Toronto held Kawhi to a season low twelve points. They were aggressively double teaming him to get the ball out of his hands. And uh, a friend of mine who's a Raptors fan commented during the game that I don't think this will be doable when Paul George returns. And, uh, you know, I definitely agree with that statement. And, uh, you know, I I like Landry Shamit. He's a a talented young player, but he he wasn't really getting the job done offensively. And, uh, you know, guys like Mo Harkless, very, very good kind of, three and D guy, but not a, not a dynamic score by, by any means. And Paul George, when him and Kawhi get on the court together, that's going to be a very dangerous duo offensively and defensively, of course. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So Kawhi didn't play. He's missed three games this year. I I kind of looked it up. I was was assuming they were all, uh, uh, you know, back to back nights missing one of the two. Uh, so they play five games, in a row now at home and I, and I looked at the schedule, none of them are back to back. So I believe they go like Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Um, that being the case, would you expect that we'll get five games in a row of Paul George and Kawhi playing together? I could see uh PG, especially sitting one of those games out since he just came back. Um, you know, People, people know what's been going on with Kawhi Leonard. It's been a big story. But I would say that's something that Paul George owners need to worry about as well is the possibility of him sitting out games as well. Uh, the Clippers have a very strong team, a very deep team, and they're, you know, they're focused on the title. So I could see, I could see PG sitting out one of those games uh, just to make sure they don't push him too hard in that first week back. So just in the in the overall like big picture, I mean the Clippers are seven and five right now. Probably not uh, where they would like to be overall. Like, how much are they gonna how much are they gonna worry about their seed in in the West versus uh, you know load management? Are, are they the kind of team that will be like, look at with Kawhi and Paul? Doesn't matter what seed we are. Doesn't matter. We have to go on the road. We'll take whatever as long as we have these guys healthy going into the playoffs. Or do you think they'll try to push that? Uh, record up by playing these guys more as the season progresses if the record's kind of lagging. Right. I would I would think they would want to secure at least home court advantage in the first round, right? So definitely they'll want a top four seed. But other than that, I don't think they're they're gonna be too concerned about trying to secure that number one spot. Okay. Interesting. Uh what about when Kawhi and, and George are out there together? Who's who would you say will be the most negatively impacted player? Is it Lou Williams, just because of um, you know his his ability to to put up a lot of points, and maybe there won't be as many opportunities with those, with those two? Yeah, probably probably Lou's going to take a big hit, uh, but you know if if Kawhi continues to sit out the back to backs and Paul George misses games too, I think. I think he'll find a way to to still get those higher usage games in there, and uh, yeah, the the Clippers will spread the ball around and make sure everybody's getting their getting their shots up. All right. Well, I think it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch Kawhi and George uh, playing together here, which we seem certain to see in the in the coming week. So, uh, look forward to watching that. Why don't we dive into our category helpers i alluded to the column you wrote about uh 
you know, we're like a few weeks into the season and you're, you know, you, you can already notice patterns where you're coming up short in different categories. So you've highlighted some guys that, uh, you know, for very specific needs, you can go out and look for on the waiver wire. And we'll start with Willie Cauley Stein with the Warriors, who you uh, have as a rebound uh, guy, someone to seek out if you're kind of coming up short in the rebound world. Why don't you talk about Willie Cauley Stein? Right, definitely. He's averaging uh, 7.5 rebounds and combined three steals plus blocks per game over the last four games. He's uh, usually been uh, better steals the guy than shot blocker, but he's he's uh, blocking a lot of shots for the Warriors and they really need uh, his rim protection help because the Warriors have been getting killed in the paint and uh, they, they need all the help they can get there. So he's he's doing his best. The, the Warriors defense is still struggling quite a bit. But Kevon Looney's still a few weeks away. It seems like uh, the last update I read was he was doing individual drill work, but that doesn't sound like he's coming. He's ready to come back anytime soon. So Kali Stein should continue to get big minutes there. You, uh, you you mentioned in the column how, and I this is something that I knew just from owning this guy in the past. That like. Big guy, athletic guy, but didn't get you a lot of blocks. And uh, that's something that looks like he's added to his repertoire this year. How confident are you in him kind of being able to return solid block shot totals going forward? Well, you know, the the way steals and blocks are recorded is is a little tricky. I remember last year uh, for for one of the Warriors games, Kevin Durant uh, blocked a career-high seven shots. And I was tuning in. I I think I missed the first quarter and – tuned in second quarter or third quarter and at that point like he had recorded his fourth or fifth block and the Warriors announcers were like you know why are these being recorded as blocks like these are just straight steals and they just were being recorded as blocks and uh so that's that's uh you know something that has always interested me is is uh how much stats can vary just based on who is keeping track of the stats, right? And how lenient <laughs> so like are... a scorekeeper's interpretation of whether it was a block or a steal. Exactly. And then also yeah. assist, right? Some some teams might be more lenient on on the assist, uh, you know, a couple steps after the pass and they're still counting assists versus some other ones aren't aren't counting that. So it's it's an interesting uh topic there. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that the Warriors have struggled in the paint. And so uh, the next guy I want to talk about is JaVale McGee, who just exploited, uh, you know, the Warriors deficiencies in the paint. And that's uh, McGee went for 18 points and 17 rebounds, three blocks, three steals on Thursday against these Warriors. And you bring him up as a guy that uh, so you're struggling in points, but you don't want to hurt your field goal percentage along the way. JaVale McGee is a guy that you're highlighting, correct? Yeah, as we as we know about McGee, he uh, gets most of his buckets uh, point blank range, lots of dunks, uh, easy dump offs from LeBron, and uh, definitely has extra appeal now that Anthony Davis is kind of nursing a shoulder injury. Hopefully, uh, Davis Davis owners must be uh, concerned with this, so hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. And McGee is a guy that uh, we've seen last year has has awesome fantasy ability. When he's blocking shots, uh, you know, is going to give you a huge boost in field goal percentage. And just the minutes, the minutes weren't there at the beginning of the season. And he's still not getting huge minutes because Dwight Howard is playing well. But, you know, definitely if uh, Davis is going to be missing time or has to sit more than usual, then that's just extra rebounds and shot blocking opportunities for McGee. 
So what's his uh, scoring upside with Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy and in the lineup? Oh, I know he hasn't been he hadn't been scoring too much before that that eighteen point explosion, so he's definitely going to be limited uh, in that department. And he is a guy that's kind of tough to even if you have him on your roster, you don't necessarily want to start him unless you're certain that uh, Davis is going to miss a game or two. Right, and and he's really basically you're saying he's it's just more about some solidity to your field goal percentage because he's going to be always a guy that's uh, plus fifty percent from the field yeah yeah just having that that backup center you can count on which is sometimes it's hard to have in deeper leagues uh all right let's go to the three point uh category here which you know it's hard in this modern nba it's hard to believe that people have trouble finding three pointer three point shooters out there that can come in and help you but uh you have anthony simons as as one guy that uh, you would target on the waiver wire if you had such a need and so let's talk about him but also Blazers just signed Carmelo Anthony. I thought that was interesting that I looked on Yahoo today and he's the most added player in fantasy leagues. And and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like kind of name a name brand nod. People just know the name Carmelo and they're just going to take a chance on him. But uh, uh, as you talk about Simons and what he can bring to your fantasy team, maybe also touch on uh, how Carmelo Anthony can impact this Portland lineup and maybe impact your fantasy team. Sure, Simon's uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start, and he's just been a, a reliable, consistent scorer for them. Uh, in the month of November, he's averaging 14.4 points, 2.3 trays in November, and shooting a very efficient 47% from the field and 38% from three. And uh, like you mentioned, it's it's easy to find guys who can make threes, but you want to find guys who aren't going to kill your field goal percentage making threes. And so if, if you can find an efficient guy like that, that's a huge plus. And uh, he's he's going to be a big part of the, the Blazers moving forward as well. But but short term, yeah, it is. It's going to be concerning how the addition of Carmelo impacts him. Uh, if I were a Blazers fan, I would not. I would be hoping that Mello isn't going to just start taking a bunch of Simon shots away because, you know, Simon's has been getting a, a lot of shot shot attempts for them. And as I said, he's doing, he's scoring efficiently and we'll see if, if Mello can bring that, that same type of efficient scoring to the table. Um, as for whether I would be picking him up or not, I definitely am going to take a wait and see approach. I drafted him in a couple of leagues last year you know, I kind of bought into the hype of him being on the Rockets, you know, high-powered offense, being having the green light to to shoot threes and being able to play uh play off of Harden. And we saw we saw how that ended. That did not go well. Um and uh I, ha- I have trouble believing that he's going to play huge minutes just because he's he's such a negative on the defensive end that it's hard to see him staying on the court for big minutes. And the Blazers already kind of uh, not the greatest defensive team. And, um, yeah, I, I need to see him prove it before I'm I'm rushing out to add Carmelo. Yeah, I'm with you. It's been a while. It's been a little while since he's really been fantasy relevant. I, even in his heyday, he always, you know, there was a – it took a while for him to really, it seemed like, 
build up into a, a big, fancy, impactful guy, even when he was scoring right out of the gate. Because you know the the rest of his game, he I, you know early on he didn't contribute much in rebounds and a lot of other categories, and he feels like for maybe a couple seasons he did, and then it's you know for the most part of scoring and a bunch of hollow numbers besides that. So I'm, I'm a little bit dubious as well. Uh, sounds like you maybe are uh, too. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, let's look at a couple more guys in the category helpers. Look at the, uh, the backcourt and maybe some help for assists, which is always one of the harder categories to kind of pick up off the waiver wire, because usually assists come with guys that, that play a lot and have the ball in their hands a lot. And uh, most of those guys are picked up from the get go, but there's a few, a couple guys out there that you mentioned uh, Darius Garland uh, for the Cavs rookie and, and Markel Fultz, former number one overall pick who's now with Orlando. Why don't you talk about both of these guys and maybe uh, which one you prefer of the two? Sure. So Garland is a guy that I've seen uh, dropped in some of my, deeper competitive leagues and it's definitely been hard for owners to to play him since he's shooting uh, under 33% from the field and uh, is making less than a 3 per game for a guy that coming out of college was considered uh, to have really good three-point range uh, and he's simply not shooting the ball well at all but the plus side for Garland is that he's grabbing lots of steals he has 9 steals over the last 5 games he has uh, four games where he's dished out five assists or more, and the minutes are there. He's he's still playing major minutes, uh, and I think he's a guy that we'll see just get better as the season goes on. That being said, it, it is hard for owners to, to carry him considering he is doing more damage than actually helping your fantasy team right now. But I like I like his upside, and I think I would prefer him over another guy to consider is Markel Fultz. And uh, Fultz did earn the starting job, starting point guard job in Orlando, but his minutes have still been limited. DJ Augustine is still there and getting pretty much the same number of minutes off the bench. And uh, so Fultz is more of an upside ad, I would say. Uh, Steve Clifford has suggested that Markel's role will increase as the season goes on. And... uh, it's tough to say if if that's actually going to happen or not. Sometimes coaches will will say stuff like that just to encourage players, right? But if Fultz right. does start playing 27, 28 plus minutes per game, he would he would be able to stuff the stat sheet at least in terms of the rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Not sure how much how many threes he's going to give you or his his uh, shooting percentages, how great they're going to be. But uh, he's another point guard to consider. But I think. I would prefer Garland just because his his minutes are higher. We we know that uh, he'll continue to play those big minutes, and uh, his role should increase, and he'll get more comfortable as the season goes on. Yeah, Fultz had injury history. They're probably just trying to get him settled in before they bump his role up. And uh, you know, speaking of injuries, there's always injuries to talk about in the NBA. We have a lot of them to talk about, and so I want to do that next. But first, I want to talk to you about Stock X. Ever wonder how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit the shelves? The answer is StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Millions are already using StockX to find everything after it sells out, from the latest Yeezys to every retro Jordan to the hottest new streetwear from brands like Supreme, Palace, and Kith. Looking to add the Air Jordan 1 Fearless UNC Chicago to your rotation? 
or maybe you're feeling nostalgic for a pair of Air Max 95s. You can find it all and more on StockX, sometimes even for prices lower than retail. StockX uses the same principles as a stock market to make buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. It provides real-time market data for intelligent buying and selling and gives you access to tons of historical price data. You can see exactly how much an item has sold for in the past and how much it's selling for now. I got to tell you that this would be very dangerous if my son were to know about this. He's 13 years old and he's in love with all kinds of Nike shoes in create in all the crazy looks and in the retro stuff as well. So uh, I am going to avoid letting him know about this site, but I might go on there myself just uh, to look around. Cause I'm sure I can find him a very satisfactory Christmas present on stock X. So if you want in on all the hype, check out stockx.com backslash B ball for a surprise offer that won't be around for long. That's stockx.com backslash B ball. Check it out today. All right, Eric, let's dive into some of the recent injuries in the NBA, as I alluded to. Uh, we're going to stop with a, we'll start with a guy who uh, seemingly, I think he's been on like every one of our podcasts so far. Kevin Herter uh, with the Hawks injured his left shoulder. He it looked like he was starting to uh, get going, gain some momentum on the season after a slow start. And now he injured his left shoulder. That sounds like he might be out at least two weeks. Uh, how is this? You know, we talked about John Collins being out. Uh, last week. Now we got to talk about Kevin Herter as well. Let's gonna, you know, how is this gonna kind of reshuffle this Atlanta lineup here? Right, Herter was kind of uh, uh, my featured guy in this week's column, and if I, I would have said he was the number one ad on that list, since it was a list of kind of guys to to look at in deeper leagues, and yeah, he was he was. He was looking good. He was picking up his play, starting to get major minutes, and then this injury happens, and it looked like a very painful injury, and that's going to make him very tough to hold, I would say, in medium-sized leagues because it's kind of back to the drawing board. So just to clarify, a medium-sized league, you would qualify that as like a – or quantify that as like a 12-teamer? Well, I'd say 12 teams times uh, like 13 players, 13-man rosters as opposed to – uh, 16-man deep rosters okay. that that I play in 192 deep is uh, is deeper, and uh, I'd, I'd still be inclined to to keep them in those those type of leagues. But yeah, 156 players deep, I think you'd want to look for a replacement by the time he gets back up to speed again. Then Collins is going to be getting close to returning, right? And then it's back to fewer shot attempts again. So in the meantime, Cam Reddish is back in the starting lineup. But still, I'd be looking at DeAndre Hunter and DeAndre Bembry as the better fantasy plays there. Still, you know, not must-own players, uh, but uh, guys guys to consider, at least for deeper leagues. All right, uh, let's jump over then to Karis LeVert, Brooklyn. Uh, he just is undergoing surgery to repair ligaments in his thumb. He's out a month to a month and a half. Um, you know, guys like Garrett, Garrett Temple and Amon Shumpert, uh, maybe get some run here. Um, are you are you interested in those guys at all, or who's the big winner here uh, in, in the Nets? I, you know, it's tough to call it a winner when you're talking about someone's injury, but uh, someone's going to benefit from this. Who do you who do you like in that regard? Right. So Garrett Temple has always been a kind of a journeyman swingman that coaches trust uh, to plug in when injuries happen like this. So it wasn't really a surprise to see him get the the start 
yesterday. Um, he played 25 minutes, got plenty of shots, uh, 11 shot attempts, but shot just two for 11, one for five on three, seven points, four rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, he looks like a solid play when his three-point shot's falling, right? So if he, if he had made three of five threes, he would have scored 13 points with the four rebounds. You know, that's somewhat appealing, especially if he can get get a few more minutes than the 25 minutes he got. But when his three-point ball is not falling, then he's not really helping you much. So I'd kind of be looking looking elsewhere for help there. I'd say the big winner is Spencer Dimwitty. We've seen in the past, uh, last year, when D'Angelo Russell missed a bunch of games, right? Dimwitty stepped up. We know Dinwiddie is very capable stat producer, and he played 35 minutes off the bench last night, which tied Kyrie Irving for the team high in minutes played. And so I'd say it's really just Dinwiddie going from Maybe you know being a guy borderline fantasy starter to being a guy that you just lock in your lock into your lineup now that uh, Levert's out, and then uh, you know maybe maybe Torian Prince and Joe Harris get uh, a few more shot attempts as well and should be playing more minutes as well. But I don't see uh, Temple. Maybe uh, Musa is a kid to watch too. But I wouldn't say either of those guys is a is a strong pickup. Yeah, Dinwiddie, we know. Yeah, I, I think I got in on that uh, action last year with my fantasy hoops team. Uh, yeah, he's, he, when he's getting a lot of minutes, he can be a very helpful fantasy commodity. So definitely uh, on board with that call. Let's go to Milwaukee and Chris Middleton, uh, who has a thigh contusion, going to be out for maybe up to a month. You know, and uh, you know this is this is basically Johnson's team. I've you've heard people talk that he might be the MVP leader right now. He's pretty much been doing it all there. I guess he has to step up and do it even more so. But are, are there any other guys on that roster that you're interested in? Uh, with Middleton being out, I guess Dante DiVincenzo, the former uh, hero of the of the Final Four for Villanova, got the spot start in Middleton's plays what do you think of him yeah DiVincenzo is a fun young player to watch talented athletic but he did not make the most of it yesterday um scored just four points two assists three turnovers in 24 minutes in his start yesterday he's a definitely a player to watch if he's going to remain in the starting lineup but one of the the things with Milwaukee is that uh they have a deep team, and they are sometimes involved in blowouts, right, which allows them to play their bench more than other teams do. And so you have lots of guys who can step up and uh, help fill the absence of Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Sterling Brown, Kyle Korver, George Hill, Ursana Yosova. And I could see this being a situation where it's kind of a different guy stepping up each game. So I wouldn't say there's like one particular uh guy that you want to add there and it's a situation where yeah i could see a, a different guy stepping up each game right are you are you down with Jonas as early season mvp at this point um <laughs> i think it's too early too, too, too early to spot. talk about mvp talk <laughs> 10 to 12 games isn't uh, isn't uh soon enough right. <laughs> yeah, i need we'll, to see we'll a table that one there. for uh, for another podcast uh all right let's go to sacramento where De'Aaron fox 
has uh, an ankle sprain. He's also uh, expected to be out for up to a month. Um, you have Bogdan Bogdanovich as the big winner here. It's funny. I, I just was watching some of the Portland game uh, this past week, and, and he was he was on fire. He looked really good. So uh, you're saying we could see more of this going forward. Yeah, definitely a big Bogdan fan. He he was a guy I mentioned in my column where you know I drafted him a, a ton and it got off to a little bit of a slow start and had me a little concerned. Was playing less than 25 minutes some nights early on. Part of that being I think Luke Walton was trying to find that balance between offense and defense. When, you know, my opinion, Sacramento needs to just run and gun and try and outscore opponents and just let Bogdan play 30 minutes every game or more and do his thing. And uh, when he when that guy's aggressive and his shots falling, he's very, very uh, impactful, potent offensive player. He exploded uh, that first game without Fox, 25 points, 10 assists, four steals, three trays. And I, I hope hope that's a, a thing going forward, and I think he'll continue to play aggressively. And Corey Joseph is worth looking at, too, in deeper leagues. Uh, played 38 minutes uh, the last game, starting in place of Fox. Scored just three points, three assists. And he's a guy that I wouldn't say is a must-add because he's more valuable in real life than he is in fantasy. Doesn't really shoot the ball a ton, and... And doesn't he'll, do too he'll much tease else. You every once in a while, though, won't he? I just I feel like you know you'll get a random thirteen assist game from Corey Joseph or something where you start to go, hmm, what about this guy? And then you know, then over the long haul, it just doesn't really pay off that handsomely. But I feel like in past years, I've been teased by Corey Joseph a fair amount. Oh, definitely. He he can he can get those assists, but yeah, it's just the the con- the scoring numbers aren't there consistently, and then he doesn't necessarily rack up a bunch of. Uh, other accounting stats to help you out. But I think uh, the guy that owners really need to have their fingers crossed for is Buddy Heald. He's uh, been a major disappointment early on. And so Heald owners should be hoping that with Fox out a while, this will get him going with the ball in his hands a little bit more, some extra shot attempts maybe. What's been the – I was looking at Buddy Heald's numbers. They're down a little bit, but is it the field goal percentage being down at like 41% versus around 45% the previous years that's been the big biggest drag on him, or uh, is it something else? Yeah, you know, he, he hasn't uh, been shooting it as efficiently, but I also was expecting uh, a little bit more, you know, so his, like, his assists – just 1.5 per game for a guy that you know should be a decent playmaker especially in the the second half of last season he he played better and maybe uh maybe the absence of Marvin Bagley's hurting him maybe they had they had good chemistry so that'll be something to watch moving forward if when Bagley returns which should be relatively soon now maybe that'll help him out and he needs to get to the free throw line more too as well just 1.5 free throw attempts per game is not going to cut it from a, a top scorer like that, especially you know for fantasy owners they want to see him getting to the line because he's a career eighty-seven, eighty-eight percent free throw shooter. All right, Eric, let's talk about one more really quickly. Avery Bradley's out for one to two weeks. LA has a hairline fracture with right leg. I mean, hairline fracture, you're only out one to two weeks. That that doesn't that doesn't really make sense in my world, but it's you know 
I guess it's not going to be too long for him to be out. But in the meantime, uh, who is this good for in the in the Lakers lineup here? Right, this is uh, definitely definitely good for Rajon Rondo, who just came back uh, himself. And uh, as we know, he's a very capable fantasy producer, at least in terms of assists, rebounds, and steals. And uh, played just 14 minutes in his first game of the season and still managed to hand out seven assists with six rebounds. And this injury will kind of thrust him into... Uh, into big minutes, maybe sooner than the Lakers were planning for, but uh, you know it should be should be easy for him to find that chemistry with Anthony Davis. So it'll be interesting to see how him and LeBron handle the sharing playmaking duties. But uh, I'd say I'd say Rondo's a good pickup if you're looking for assist help, and uh, Danny Green should kind of solidify his role as that three and D guy since Bradley is uh, important for that perimeter defense. So Danny Green will stay on the floor a little bit more, give you those uh, threes and steals and blocks, and then a few extra minutes for Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso as well. See which which one of those two guys steps up and uh, makes the most of their opportunity now. So let's uh, let's let's talk about Rondo in the uh, vein of, of a free agent pickup because uh, I always feel like point guards is often the hardest position to fill when you have a problem there uh, in fantasy and so Rondo's out there. Um, let's say a couple other guys that have been popular pickups of late on Yahoo: um, Kobe White with the Bulls, Aaron Holiday with Pacers. Um, these guys are, I believe, all under 50% owned in Yahoo league. So if you're shopping on the wire, uh, which of those point guards intrigues you the most? Right. I was, I didn't see, uh, yesterday's bulls game, but I caught, uh, Kobe white when he exploded for 27 points and seven threes against the Knicks. And he made all seven of those threes in the same quarter. And so that, that's a clay Thompson level, uh, heating up and, uh, he he was definitely on fire, and uh, but I, I consider him a shooting guard, not a point guard. Especially especially his rookie year, I don't think he has that point guard uh, mentality. He's a score first type of guy, and he's a guy that is intriguing because you know the Bulls are not off to a great start. Uh, they currently have a four and eight record, and so he's probably going to be inconsistent. Um, in the first half of the season, but I think he's a guy that is going to be owned in most leagues in the second half. As the Bulls fall out of that playoff race, they're going to want to increase his role, and uh, Kobe's minutes should uh, go up in that second half, especially if they were to trade uh, trade away someone like Sadoransky or something like that to open up more playing time for him. Right, just as you mentioned, more of a more of a shooting guard mentality. I mean, he has five assists in his last three games, same amount of steals. So maybe that's something he can help you out with along the way. Uh, thoughts on Aaron holiday. I, you know, I liked him a lot at UCLA. It's been, a, it's been a little bit slower for him uh, to kind of get going in the NBA. It looks like maybe he's starting to pick up a bit of late 13 points, 3.3 assists in his last four games. Uh, how do you feel about Aaron holiday and his prospects going forward? Yeah, he's been uh, getting some starts for Indiana with Jeremy Lamb out, and uh, the fact that uh, he's in the starting lineup shows that uh, Indiana believes in him, and he is a 
talented young player, definitely like his future prospects, dynasty leagues. Uh, he should be owned in all dynasty leagues, I would say. But uh, I think he's just getting a short-term bump with Lamb out, and I haven't seen uh, an update on when Lamb is returning, but uh, I think it's just a, an ankle injury, not considered a long-term thing. So I would, I'd probably be looking elsewhere just because when Lamb returns and then eventually Oladipo returns, which could be... Uh, in the next month or so, that Holiday is going to go back to being a low-minute player, and so I would be trying to find someone with more uh, with more uh, reliable minutes moving forward. All right, Eric. Well, let's let's stick with uh, one more point guard uh, topic here, and we're going to jump to our mailbag to close things down. We have a question about Chris Paul, so um, we will we'll answer this question in our mailbag here, but if you want to ask us questions, we're happy to take them and answer them on this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you just need to email your questions to dunks and dimes at the That's dunks a N D dimes. So spill out the and in that, and uh, we will happily take your questions and read, uh, read them on air here. So here we go. This question comes from, Al in Canada, he says, I'm happy with Chris Paul's production thus far, but want to trade him for a forward center type and punt assists. Uh, can I have a couple suggestions? This is a nine cat category, uh, deep 12 team league. So uh, Chris Paul's trade value in terms of what you could get back uh, in like a forward center kind of capacity. Sure. So I would say the uh, one of the top targets for Al should be uh, Chris Tapp's Porzingis, and you might be able to buy low on him just because he's shooting only 40% from the field and 72% from the free throw line, and that's definitely below uh, what his owners would like to see. Um, but, you know, the points are still there that he's blocking a lot of shots and has that upside for once uh, more of his shots start falling. Uh, but you definitely have to package Chris Paul with someone else in order to make that happen. Another big man that I'm a big fan of is Montrez Harrell. Uh, you know, uh, definitely gives you the stronger field goal percentage boost than Porzingis. So it depends which way you're trying to go. His free throw percentage won't be nearly as good as Chris Tapp's. So depending on uh, which... Uh, which category Al is stronger in already? The field goal percentage or free throw percentage? I'd be looking at one of those two guys. And then another guy that you might be able to get for a straight up for Chris Paul would be Thomas Bryant. He's kind of a, a best of both worlds uh, in between Porzingis and Harrell with a pretty good field goal percentage and a strong free throw percentage, but doesn't have the the big name that Porzingis does. And uh, he's a guy that, yeah, you might be able to trade a uh, Chris Paul for straight up and uh, be, be pretty fair swap. I think. Speaking of Porzingis, did you happen to see his return to Madison square garden or catch the highlights? It's doesn't. Yes. Seem like I was watching most loss. of that. <laughs> yeah. I was watching most of that game. I was actually impressed by the Knicks. That was my first like extended look of watching the Knicks this season. And I was kind of expecting them to, to give the give up their lead the whole game and uh, they managed to hang on. <laughs> Maybe they're turning a quarter. Uh, Porzingis did all right. He got I think twenty and eleven. Um, played thirty three minutes and was booed a fair amount. Uh, so that you know that's a good game. Uh, as we kind of sign off here, are you, is there anything you're looking uh, 
to watch this weekend? Anything that's interesting you or any developments you want to kind of explore a little bit more? Sure. A good, a good game to check out on Saturday is Houston playing at Minnesota with the Wolves off to a surprise 7-4 and four start. Rockets come into town. Let's see... Um, Let's see what the the T Wolves uh, have to offer against a, a strong backcourt, and uh, also um, Portland at San Antonio on Saturday to see what Carmelo does. And then on Sunday, a game I circled is Golden State at New Orleans, just to see how many points are going to be scored in that game. They're the bottom <laughs> two teams in terms of points allowed, so who knows uh, what kind of stats we're going to be seeing in that game. Yeah, and and the Warriors, the bottom team in the NBA in 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 record, which is crazy. They're two and ten. Who would have who would have thunk they would have fallen this far so fast? Uh, one other game, I'm I'm sort of surprised you didn't mention, but uh, you know I think it's interesting is the Saturday uh, matchup between Indiana and Milwaukee, just because it's such a it's a you know it's a big battle of of Central Division teams, but it's also Malcolm Brogdon facing his former. Bucks team, so that that one should be fun. You got any interest in that one? Oh, definitely. And I, I mean, it'd be nice to see Miles Turner get back on the floor. He's been out a while. Um, he, he's supposedly been close to returning for uh, the last few games, and it still hasn't happened. So maybe he'll play in that one, and it would make it a little more interesting and more competitive. Yeah, what kind of you know Miles Turner's been out. He got Oladipo coming back. What? How, how good can this Indiana team be in the East this year? Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're staying competitive even without those guys shows you how good they are, and especially with Brogdon playing at such an elite level. They're a very dangerous team, I would say. Yeah, uh, Brogdon's been a stud. Eric, you're a stud as always. Uh, great fantasy advice this week. Uh, we're time, our time is done here, so uh, we're going to sign off until next Friday. Again, you can check uh, me out at Twitter, at Brandon Funston. You can follow Eric at RotoEvil. Again, I'll mention the RotoEvil.com website. Eric does a great job. Uh, so for your fantasy basketball needs, you can catch him there. And, of course, you can catch him at The Athletic. He'll be writing for us every week during the season. And so be sure to check that out. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, be sure to get 40% off by going to TheAthletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. Um, gives you access to our NBA podcasts. Uh, they, they are also available on iTunes and Spotify course we always appreciate uh if you could rate and review those if you're enjoying our podcast so uh please do that if you can until next friday i'm brandon funston uh, been joined by eric wong we'll see you next time